and uh, you see we've got a tree, and the, these are the, the fruits covered thus far. You have love, um, and joy. That's not what he's talking about. 
patience is presented as either forbearance or endurance. Endurance. You are in this for the long haul. This is not going to be over quickly. Uh, and forbearance, this is this is like an old school word. I mean, this is like a Bible word. When was, can anybody tell me the last time you used forbearance in conversation? No, because you have no patience and you have no conversations. Can anybody tell me the last time you used forbearance in an email?
like a defense or an explanation. He doesn't quit. He doesn't complain. He simply trusts that he is in the midst of God's plan and that therefore whatever happens, he can endure. He can tolerate. He can get through without complaint, without quitting because this is as God wants it. Which is saying,
until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. See, see James just used the analogy of said to Moses, the man of God in the Geshbarnia, concerning you and me. I 
was 40 years old, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought the word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I will follow the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have only followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these forty-five years. Since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am this day eighty-five years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and for coming. So now give me this hill country, of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with you, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Long time ago, Israelites have gone through all their nonsense in the desert. They've come to the, to the, to the Jordan. They've come to the promised land. They're like, right there. They're right there. And Moses says, Boy, I need some dudes to go check this out. And they got a bunch of kids. They got 12 kids. Two of them were Joshua and Caleb. And then there were ten others who apparently, probably, like, they moved the right side, they had new shepherds. They didn't tell us that. But they had new shepherds, and I don't know if they had, whether or not the names of those other ten are even relevant. But these folk names go up into the promised land, they check it out, they're like high and low, they go all up north, come down south, east, west, they're looking at the whole place, and they're like, uh, okay, alright, we gotta, let's go, let's go make our report. So they come back. And Moses is like, hey, my guys, what's the word? Joseph and Caleb are like, tell you what, there's some people there, and they're kind of tough looking, but I think we can take it. But this place is totally awesome. It is amazing. It is everything you can hope for. You want you want, you want sheep? There's a place for sheep. You want, you want crops? You want to be a farmer? There's a place to grow stuff. There's the ocean. You can catch fish. There's seas, there's lakes, there's a 
from natural cause, I mean, he's not telling you, okay, go out there and slaughter all the humans. Like, you know, you're going to live your life out in the desert. And when everybody older than 20 dies, and we have a new generation to replace them, we'll, we'll try it again. Except for you, Joshua and Caleb. I see your faith, and I will reward you. I will give to you the land where your foot was trodden. I will make you a home in this promised land, just as I promised before this. And for the next 45 years, Caleb has to get up each and every day and go outside his tent and engage in conversation and business and life with all these people who have kept him from the promised land. Every single person he comes in contact with, almost to a person, is responsible for him wandering around in this desert for 45 years instead of taking hold of the promise that God made him. How do you do that? Remember, we can be very patient, very graceful when the issue is our fault. When, when it's because of something I've done. But when you are going through trial and hardship and the goodness that should be in your life is not there because of somebody else, and then you then have to live life with those people for 45 years. <laughs> and at the end of that time, assumably because we're not told otherwise, Caleb still has that same faith and is still deserving of that blessing. I don't know what that 45 years in the desert looked like. I mean, like, you watch MASH like a hundred times for every episode. Do you remember there was, I think it was, I think it was the um, transition between um, McLean Stevenson and uh, Harry Morgan, where Frank was like in charge for, okay, I realized this is this is a very generational thing. Like, you know, there's a bunch of eyes looking at me right now, but I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry that your world is terrible. Um, there's a brief, brief period of time where Frank is in charge, and they might know that at one point Frank discovers that the M in match means mobile. So Frank orders the entire camp to break down and set up again on the other side of the road because they're mobile. I don't know if this is what was happening with the Israelites. Maybe, you know, maybe they've been living in this spot, they've been living in this spot for like four years, and God's like, all right, you're moving today. Okay, where are we going? I don't care. Why do we have to leave here? Because I said so. Okay, God. Pack it all up, folks. But all this time, Complaining to a minimum, you know, select 
them today. Numbers chapter 15, verse 15. According to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the people of Judah. Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, Arba was the father of Anak. And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak. So there came a day the last that generation died out and the new generation had risen up. Remember at this point the new generation, because they were no older than 20 at the time, are now like 60. And, and Caleb himself is 85. And God says, alright, let's try this again. I want you to go up into the promised land and take possession of this land that I can
your goodness is always there, and, and sometimes we just need to be able to look past the distraction of the moment to see where your goodness is. And I pray you would help us to be the people who can do that, the people who want to do that. Father, I pray now as we as we get ready to leave this place, as we go off into uh, the rest of our lives, that you would become those kind of people who see no difference between our Sunday morning life and our Monday afternoon life and our Thursday evening life, but that we would just become the kind of people who are one and the same in all times and all situations, that we would be your people. Father, come now and bless us, abide with us, make us be a little bit more like Jesus in your world. For it's in his name. Thank you.